You know, many of you have asked, how can I support the show even further? Well, here's the answer. Visit teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball. Check out all the incredible content that Coach Collins has at teachhoops.com. But again, teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball. Support the show and learn and grow at the same time. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my, by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Well, pleasure to be here as always, stuttering Brian. Uh, <laughs> Glad to have you here. <laughs> uh, here on the Greatest Games Podcast, a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. Again, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a high school coach, a JV coach, uh, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest. I really resent the fact that you made fun of me on the air. I can't believe it. I had no <laughs> words. You know what? So what? But you know what? We have a gentleman here that never struggles with his words. He's always on time, if not early. He has one of the best beards, hands down. I mean, really, I, oh, yeah. I challenge anybody <laughs> in college basketball, Division <laughs> One college basketball, to go up against this beard. The director of operations in Terre Haute, Indiana, for Indiana State, James Schmitz. Welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. Oh, that's a heck of an introduction. I, I appreciate that. It took a long time to get to this point. The hair had to it migrated south. It fell out up here and came down. So I appreciate that, but I appreciate you guys having me on here too. I was going to say that always seems to happen. The guys that are bald up top mm-hmm. seem to have bigger beards. They just, yeah, they just move the hair from one um, bottom of the head to the point other. Now where like, I wish it would all just fall out. Like, cause I'm tired of having to go get this part. Cut. I just fall. Go, go away. Get away from me. <laughs> but um, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. We were joking before the podcast. He's about the ninth Indiana State staff member we've had on. Well, we're we're gonna space them out, you know. As as we talked about with Coach Lansing and Brett Carey, uh, Indiana State has been good to one Brian Rosefield. So we're gonna keep bringing Indiana State folks on the Greatest Games podcast. We appreciate the support, man. If we ever are back in the real world again, I got to make my way out to Terre Haute sometime after my high school basketball oh, season. Yeah, you guys both got to come back up here once the. Someday the world will come back. You know, make <laughs> way up here. I'll do it in early March because that's when our playoffs are, and I'm usually not in the playoffs, so I have that. I have time. <laughs> but uh, coach, why don't you take us through your journey in uh, basketball and how you got to where you are there at Indiana State University? I think I can do that. So I uh, I got started a little bit late. I was uh, I didn't start doing anything with basketball until my senior year of college. I graduated college in three and a half years in the back end of my my last semester, I got involved doing some youth stuff with a guy that had, I was in, I was at a school, uh, an NAI school in Nebraska, Nebraska Westland. And I got involved with a guy that had graduated there by the name of Matt Cumro, And he was starting something called Supreme Court Basketball in Lincoln. And I got lucky meeting him and getting involved with him because he had some ties to Texas. He was a GA at Texas when Durant and um, Augustine were there. So when Barnes, when they were really good, he kind of got me hooked up there. So I started doing youth stuff on weekends, stuff like that. And I kind of went from there. And then, uh, so my first job out of college, I, I worked as a, for a flooring company and I drove commercial flooring around Nebraska. Well, just, just a riot of a time. Actually, I actually enjoyed it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hate on that job too much. I enjoyed it, but I started kind of wanting to do something else. So he got me hooked up to do some basketball camps in the summer. Um, I guess I'm jumping ahead. So I, I, uh, I left that job, went and worked for Nelnet, which if anybody knows what Nelnet is, it's a student loan company. And I sat on the receiving end of phone calls 
of people that are they're always real happy to call and talk about their student loans that's the one thing everybody wants to talk about (laughs) hated it it was awful three months into it i decided i had to do something else so matt got me hooked up doing camps at uh bcu florida and texas i did it back to back to back three weeks i'd never done it before and i got quit my job i went and did that for three weeks um and then came back to nebraska and didn't have a job so i quit quit my full-time job to go work camps but i loved every second of it i was doing i was coaching a seventh grade team of kids from lincoln east um worked for uh u-haul for about six seven eight months and then started applying for grad schools um, I got into Wichita State, uh, so I went down there. I kind of had a quasi interview slash in person interview where I went and worked their camp. And one of the reasons I got on as a GA there was because I went to camp and I was I was two weeks removed from uh, being able to walk on ACL surgery. So I had knee, reconstructive knee surgery, my ACL, MCL, and meniscus, and uh, I was on crutches for two months because they pieced my meniscus back together. So I went to camp looking like a mummy. I had a wrap from my ankle to my hip and my, my leg. It was a, health-wise the dumbest thing I've ever done because I got done with camp that week. You know, you're on your feet the whole time. And it just, my leg just ballooned. It set me back like a month. Um, but I got offered to go there. So I went there and, and a lot of it's luck, a lot of it's timing. When I got there, they didn't have a video guy. Nobody knew how to do video. So I just taught myself backdoored my way into doing that you know work with them and I just happened to be the two-year run I was at Wichita State was two of the best years I've ever had in the history of the program we went to the final four my first year down in Atlanta and then the second year we went undefeated we went 35 and 0 before losing to Kentucky in the tournament Um, so I finished up my two years there I went with Chris Jans to Bowling Green for a year Uh, we won there we went 21 and 12 and then this will be so I came here as the ops guy this will be my sixth year which is crazy to think I've been in Terre Haute for six years <laughs> never saw that happen but obviously I love it here I love G I love working for him I did no complaints here whatsoever that's kind of the real fast version of how I got here well episode 63 coach Greg Lansing encouraged all of our listeners to go back and listen to that one after listening to this episode here James I, I I've, I've known you for a couple of years now I've never heard that story about working camps for three weeks in a row just quitting your job hitting the road mm-hmm going VCU Florida just making that whole that whole run I want you to go deeper into that because it's been it's been 20 plus years since I've done those those mm-hmm. camp runs I don't the know if, circuit. <laughs> I don't know if guys still do that I don't know if they're allowed to I don't know what the rules are anymore I just know when I was coming along when you were coming along that's what mm-hmm. people did so take us deeper into that experience what it was like that like, was and that was when I did it they still were so that would have been man I gotta I think nine Nine years ago, probably nine. I was going to say you, you, you were at Wichita 12, 13, 13, 14. Yeah. So it would have been nine, 10. So yeah, about 12, 10, 11, 12 years ago. They were still doing it then. You know, when I, when Barnes was at Texas, it was really big. Like those Texas camps were huge. And I always went to Texas because Texas paid the best. That was the one that paid the best and it covered the rest of them. <laughs> um, there was a bunch of people. I remember tons of people being there. I remember them being at Florida. Florida was awesome. Uh, Florida was great. VCU was the same way. VCU, I, I got there right after Shaka was coming off the Final Four. And then I did Texas multiple years. I did, you know, Nebraska. Since I'm from Nebraska, I did Nebraska Crate, and I did all those. Um, but, yeah, they still – I don't know if they still do today. Um, our, our camp here is big, but it's not big enough to have outside people come in. And people – we always have people ask. We can't do it. 
Um, but back then, that's how I got my start too, was just meeting those people and those people that are trying to get, rise up in the ranks with you. And, and it's, it's funny how um, those things come full circle. So when I was at Texas, uh, the, the special assistant to the head coach, his name was Darren Hurts. He is now an assistant at Dayton. And we played. When was Darren at Texas? Because Darren was at Florida. Yep. Did you, uh, did you mean Florida? Or did you, no, Darren was at Florida. I know Darren. Darren. Darren was at Florida. Did I say Texas? Yeah, you said Texas. I meant Florida. If I said Texas, yes. I meant Florida. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I meant Florida. Sorry, I meant Florida. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I said that. <laughs> I meant I was thinking Florida in my head, but yeah, he was at Florida and then was around yeah. Billy and then all of a sudden he comes full circle and now he's that he's at Anthony. Well Brand. he's with he's Anthony at, at Dayton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know Darren. I knew Darren for a long time in Florida. Yep. Those connections that you make, and I think Brian's point was that I don't think, you know, you, you, you don't want to be that guy like ah, kids today. But uh, you know, do they hit the pavement like that? We have a guy that we know from Lexington, South Carolina, Brian, Kenny Burr who was trying to get into college coaching. And one summer he did that. He did seven weeks in a row up and down the East coast, like starting, he did like South Carolina one week, then he went up and did a Duke and then somewhere in Virginia that he came back to South Carolina and then went down and did Florida state and Florida. Like I'm sure he spent way more money than he made, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know if kids like know that that's how you have to do it. And then you make those connections. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm the same way. I don't know. I, I, I look back and it was so much fun. Like in, it was always about for me. It was like, can you break it even? That's all that matters. That's I do the one Texas. I remember the Texas camp paid like five hundred and some dollars for like four days. It was stupid. And then I took that and that's how you covered flights or whatever else you needed. And but that's how you met everybody. That's how you got to know those people. And there's so many people I know in the business now that I met through little connections like that. And I I, I don't know. I don't know if they still do that or not. I really don't know. Yeah, and that's why they 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 just they just expect people to just give them a job. <laughs> oh, so I think that's society in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I'm a, I'm a I'm a middle school teacher and a high school coach, so I can say kids these days. I, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. Um. Oh, so many questions. <laughs> I don't tell us. Tell me about uh, not even basketball specific, and you can't use your parents about someone mm-hmm. that's played a critical or important role in your life to get you where you are today. Um, I mentioned his name there. I'm, I'm gonna cheat on this one because I already talked about him. But Matt Cumro, who is the uh, he's he's in charge of Supreme Court basketball in Lincoln, but he was really instrumental in, in giving me an idea of how to do it. Um, kind of like you were just talking about there. I, I didn't really even know how to get into the business. I, I I didn't. I was supposed to play in college at an NAI level. I didn't. Um, so I didn't play. I didn't have a college playing background. I wasn't a manager. I didn't do anything for college teams. Um, so he was really instrumental in getting my foot in the door and introducing me to how like to do camps, how to meet people. You know, he introduced me to those guys at Texas. He knew some of the guys at Florida. He, but he taught me just a lot about the business as a whole, how it works. You know, he was taking me to games. I remember, uh, we went and watched, uh, he was really good friends with, I can't think of his name. He's not there anymore, but he's with Barnes, um, assistant there. I can't think of his name, but he, uh, he, we went and watched Iowa state play Texas. And I was young, you know, I was 22, maybe 22. And we walk up in the seat one and two, and we're the only two people there supporting Texas. You know, nobody came to watch Texas <laughs> at Iowa State in, in the middle of Iowa, in the middle of the winter, nobody cared. Um, but he was really big in, in showing me the ropes, get, helping me get my foot in the door. And then, and then while I was doing all that, letting me help with, you know, he was, I was doing his youth stuff, his weekend stuff. And then he got me coaching you know, his, his seventh grade, I think it was seventh, sixth, seventh grade teams. I was helping him out with, he, he always gave me free reign to do a lot of stuff. So I owe him a lot when it comes to, you know, getting my foot in the door and everything. 
James, you know the name of the podcast is the greatest game podcast. You sent in a couple of doozies here mm-hmm. so at this point in the time and, and this show. I just I'm just having a hard time with my words here, Chris de Blasio. I'm just so excited. I haven't seen James in so long. It might have been <laughs> it's been a bit, Chicago. man. Oh no, yeah, you know, that's been since Chicago. We'll we'll talk about that on the Patreon uh, behind the paywall portion. But anyway, the greatest yeah. games, James Schmeiss. Take us in the arenas for these greatest games, if you would, please. Okay, so I so I sent you two. I cheated. I I cheated because I wanted to make sure I had one here and one um, when I was at Wichita State. So I want to talk about, let's talk about the Wichita State one first, and I'll end it with the IU game. Um, so obviously the best game I've ever been a part of was when we played Kentucky in the uh, NCAA tournament, second round of the NCAA tournament. We were 35-0, and 0, um, and then the teams were just just loaded. Uh, I've got the box score pulled up in front of me so I could just talk this. Kentucky had, let's go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven draft picks that played that game. NBA draft picks. They had the Harrison Twins, James Young, Julius Randle, Dakari Johnson, Poitras, you know, Willie Collie Steins in the league. Obviously, the big name everybody knows now is Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Baker was in the league. Uh, Klee got drafted. Um, Baker and Fred were both undrafted free agents who signed. Baker played with the Knicks. Fred obviously is having one one heck of a career with Anthony with Early was drafted by the Knicks as well. Um, but yes. Yep. 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 Early was drafted by the Knicks. Yep. You know, we had, uh, it's funny. So we, we won the Valley tournament that year in uh, St. Louis. Um, and then we turned around and came right back and played in St. Louis again. The crowd was just nuts. It was just wild. Um, and I just going back to these stats, you know, we were up six at half. We lose, we lose by 10, by two. Fred misses a game winning three. Uh, if you watch the replay, we actually miss. We, we run a play that's got three options. One's coming towards us and going off the three-point line. Another's a back screen, where Jakeel ran a back screen and the lob for the dunk to tie it. That's such a hard pass. He doesn't see it. And you throw it in on a ball screen, and he, and he misses it. And I remember the shot going up. So, you know, it's back and forth. It's a huge game. Everybody's talking about it. And I remember that shot going up. And at no point all season, including that moment, did I ever think we were going to lose and it clanks off the back iron and you just sit there and it's just like, you know what had happened. You knew how big of a game it was, but it's just utter disbelief. You know, you're just shocked. I remember sitting in that locker room after the game, like, I can't even believe that this is real. Um, and I, I don't remember, I, I, I've never watched the game since, since we lost. It's the same thing with the Louisville game when we lost in the Final Four. I can't, I've never been able to go back and watch him. And I'm just looking at the stats. Baker had 20 on 12. Um, it's funny, you know, Fred's Fred got the best NBA career out of all of them. And he had uh four points, four points, six assists. That was it. Then, then on the other side, you know, the Harrison twins at 39 on 22 shots, James Young's got 13, Julius Randall's got 13. Like it, it, just looking back on it, it was such a, you know, you talk about David versus Goliath when in reality, like we were the undefeated team, but every, everybody going into that game, it was Kentucky versus us. You know, we were David, you know? And I, I still think they were a wrong seed. I don't think they should have been. I think they're they're an eight or a nine seed. They beat Kansas State, and they had just come through winning the SEC tournament. They were just starting to click, and I think they should have been about a five. It was such a game of runs and such high level talent and so many good players that it, it's easily the best game I've ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever been a part of. You know. Um, well, it's, let it's, me it's ask you a question. I believe. Were Van Vliet and Baker freshmen on that team or sophomores? Sophomores. 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 So, so Fred would have been a true sophomore. 
and then uh, and Ron was a redshirt sophomore. Yep. Talk about those two guys. Obviously, Clean Anthony Early was your best player on that team, but you talk about Van Vliet's gone on to, to – you know, have a great NBA career and Ron Baker. I always love watching Baker and Van V play. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. I think we actually talked about it with coach Belcher about when he's recruiting guys and you just see guys that are winners. And that's what Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet to me were. I mean, like I said, I loved watching them. They just made winning plays. I, they might not have the most points. They might not have the most rebounds. might not have the most assists. But they're on the team that has the most points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Just talk about those two and kind of their makeup and, and what they brought to Wichita State those four years that they were there. The, and you hit it on the head, man. They were just winners. Fred, Fred came in with a chip on his shoulder. He thought. Uh, he was he was under recruited he blew up late and stuck with Wichita State and and Ron wasn't recruited you know he was a preferred walk-on he came from small town uh, Kansas that's why I mean me and Baker are still really good friends to this day because we had a very similar upbringing both small town kids I was from Nebraska he was from Kansas Um, but they just brought an edge man and and you like you you hit it on the head it wasn't about it wasn't about who had the most points who had the most rebounds about showing up and working every single day and especially that year was about proving everybody wrong you know we kept we kept winning and people, you know how it is when you're a mid-major, everybody questions it. They're like, who have they beaten? Who this, that, and the other, you know, when you keep racking up these wins, you keep going into, you know, every, every gym we went into in the Valley was packed. You know, we got everybody's best, best punch and they never shot away from it. And they just brought an edge, man. And they didn't, it was about winning. It's all that mattered. All that mattered to those two. And they complimented each other really well. You know, Fred is the point and Ron is the two. You could play them easily together and you could switch it around. And, and the, the attitude that, it was all about at the end of the day, like you said, it wasn't about who scored the most, who got the most rebounds. It was what was the score on the scoreboard. You know, they're unbelievable. Is, I mean, I, sorry, Brian. Going to that point, is, is that something that that is coached into kids? Or, I mean, it sounds like those kids just stepped on campus and that's how they were. They were just winners and would do anything to win. But is that something that, and I'm kind of asking, I'm asking for a friend because I'm working around high school mm-hmm. kids and it looks like, some of them are selfish, some of them aren't, but like, can, can you, is there any hope for those kids that just, that aren't competitors, that aren't those win at all, not win at all costs, but are just willing to, that are not willing to do what it takes to win and, and turn them into those type of kids? I, that's a kind of a question for the group. What do y'all think? I, I absolutely think it is. I think it's something that can be taught and that can be coached into them because I don't think, uh, I don't believe you just have it. I don't think anybody's, I think some people are born natural leaders, but I don't, I think a lot of them are developed, you know, and I think, Kids like that, like Fred's stepdad was really instrumental in his life. Ron grew up in a small town. His dad's blue, his family's blue collar. They, they work, they work. So I think to answer your question, yes, it absolutely is something. And you've just got to find your ways to connect with those kids and how, you know, those guys were different. It was, you know, they, was, they came on campus with that attitude. I, I absolutely think it's something you can teach kids. You can help them get there. That's um, interesting. Some it's harder than others, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get. I think some kids definitely have like a, a gene for it and you, you can just tap into that gene. I think there's some kids, not a lot, but I think mm-hmm. some kids that don't have it at all. That don't, I mean, I could name names, mm-hmm. you know, when we're off the air, Brian, <laughs> but uh, you know, for with us, there was something like uh, we had uh, Mike Boynton at South Carolina. And Mike wasn't yep. the best ball player, but even from his freshman year, man, that kid could just lead and you just knew it. And you knew he was going to be a head coach and you knew he was going to be a head coach when he was 35 years old, like, early, you know, you knew he was going to be one of those people that shot up through the coaching ranks and, and he has mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but yeah, some, some kids can just lead. 
but coach, why don't you tell us about your uh, next game? I believe you had a second game mm-hmm. to tell us about. And if I yeah, did I re- if I read I my a... research, I would know what it is, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, it's all right, man. You know, <laughs> sometimes you got to take a night off and just wing it. No, uh, so my second, I got to give some love here. I've been here for in Indiana State for six years. My my, my favorite Indiana State game is uh, 2017. We opened the season at IU. And it was Archie's first game. So his first game after he got hired at Dayton comes here. Um, I will, I don't know if I'll ever have a game, an offensive outburst game like this ever again. Um, We've never, it's the first time we played at IU since, or we had played IU since maybe 2001 that, you know, Archie took us on, brought us over and he'll never do it again. I assume because of this, Uh, this, I'm just going to read some of these stats off. Uh, score at the end of the first half was 54 to 33 us um, we won 90 to 69 we won by 21 you know Brenton Scott has 24 points on 14 shots he's six of nine from three-point line um, Jordan Barnes 18 points Murph our, our big has 12 points on three shots our, our other big Devin Thomas has 10 points on three shots two of two from downtown Bronson uh, who seemed like he played here for an eternity had six points on three or he went two of three from downtown um and then overall, we were we were 17 of – let me get this number right here – 17 to 26 from down. We shot 52% overall. Uh, we were measly 83% from the free throw line. You know, we missed three free throws. Um, but then they were – we just – they were off. They were under 40%. Uh, they were actually – so they were – here we go – 46% from the field. Uh, every time they made a run, you thought they were coming something. We just – it seemed like we just shot it from anywhere and it went in, you know. Um, I've never, from an offensive standpoint, I've never seen anything like it. It didn't, it looked like, I thought our guys could pull it from half court and just throw it in. <laughs> Do it against IU. There was a lot of buzz around it, you know, because IU doesn't play Indiana State that much. And there, there's a reason because now they'll probably never play us again. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, screw the Hoosiers. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had 54 points in the first half. I, that don't happen very often. That's um, a lot of points. You know, we got guys. A lot, you know, Bronson hitting threes. He never hit threes. He'll, he's going to listen to this and he's going to call me. He, he hit one three a year. That's <laughs> he a lot of two in that game. In our first, our first SEC game in our new arena, the Colonial, well, it's Colonial Life Arena. It was the Colonial Center then back in 2001, 2002, whenever it opened. The halftime score, our first SEC game against Auburn was 13 to nine. Brutal. I almost launched myself off the upper deck instead of filming the second half. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've been a part of those teams where it doesn't make you, you can't score, you don't even know how to score. Um, I'm, I'm looking at these stats too, James. It, it, you play 14 guys. I mean, this is a game that it's it's like a, we played everybody. Yeah, I mean, and it's unbelievable. You, like you said, 17 of 26 from three. And now my question is for Bronson, did he bank it in? Because I've seen him bank in three. I that don't one year think, to... if I remember correctly, he hit two from the top of the key. I, I have seen him bank in a lot of threes. But I don't <laughs> think those were he, – he's from Cordon, Indiana, which is southern Indiana. So he got a lot of family around, and they all came out. And I remember it. Like, they were going nuts with him throwing in threes out there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's 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 crazy. I, I you know I kind of forget this. I look at this roster. We Tyreek was on that team. You know Tyreek's been back to back first team. Not have been his freshman year. That's his first. I think this is his first game ever. If I'm right, uh, and it's 0 for five, 0 for one from three. He had three points on three free throws. You know, and it's crazy. I, I didn't even know. I completely forgot we had anybody left over from that team. And you know now he's back to back first team all conference for us. 
Yeah, he is he is absolutely off the charts uh, for for you guys now. And I yeah. remember watching this game or following this game on ESPN on the app. And you know, college basketball for me is is the greatest time of the year. Setting up those notifications just right, like into the first <laughs> half, Indiana State up fifty four thirty three on Indiana. What what is happening? You know, I, I can't remember. It was a, it was a notification or it was a, if I was actually watching it. But uh, just just pulling pulling for you guys all like all out. No, nah, man, it's that one. That one was a lot of fun. I think when we beat Butler the year before that too. So we, you know, we've got we beat Butler last time we played them. We beat Indiana last time we played them. Coach beat Notre Dame. Uh, that have been Odom's senior year, so a bit ago, you know, seven, six, seven years ago, seven, seven, eight years ago, maybe. And then uh, we got Purdue this year, so we'll see. Maybe we can keep that streak going. There you yeah. go. All right, Coach, we're going to end with a final question. I'm going to change it up a little on you. I know you've listened to some episodes, but we're going to change it up. And I I think I know what movie it's not going to be after just telling that second greatest game story. But give me your favorite basketball movie. It is not not Hoosiers. (laughs) Fun fact, I'm I'm going to say this, and I may get ran out of the gym by a lot of people. I have never seen Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't watched it. Whoa, that we've heard a lot of bombs <laughs> on, on this episode. That, is, that takes. I've lived big. in Indiana for six years now. I've never watched it, and it's kind of one of those things at this point. Like, I, all right, we're this deep into it. I might as well keep going with it. James, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. You've lost your mind. I, I, I might have. Had, I think I've three. I've got forty-three years. I can ride out whatever the rest is. Yeah. At that point, you know, like I agree. At that point, you just ride it out. Um, favorite favorite basketball movie. That one is interesting. Oh, uh, he's gonna say Air. I Bud. love space. I know he's gonna say Air Bud. Uh, <laughs> I, I am old enough to remember when those movies actually came out. All of them. All of them. It's either Glory Road or Coach Carter. You know, and I haven't seen either of them in so long. Oh, wow. Okay. That I'd probably say, I think I would say Glory Road. Um, I haven't seen either movie in, oh, Jesus, I bet 10 years now. Um, I love that story. I love the, that, that, that it's now UTEP. I can't even think of what they were called back in the day. Texas Western. Texas Western, yeah. I, I love that story. And um, a fun little snippet. Um, a guy I worked for, Mark Downey, I worked with him at Bowling Green, uh, is actually one of the basketball players in that national championship game. I can't, I think he played for, I think he was on the Kentucky team. Yeah, yeah he was, he was, yeah, he was on, yeah, because it was the, the all white team. Yeah, he'd have been, they, they'd bring him in and he talked about the story. Like they'd come in and instead of actually running and stuff and like sweating, they'd bring up like the spray bottles and spray them and stuff. So they looked like they were sweating for the, for the, like the scenes that were filming and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, – I know it's a weird one, but I think that it's probably Glory Road uh, just because – and I just – I like the story and I like yeah. some of those actors and I like what it overall meant at the time and, and right. how important that is in, in the history of our sport and everything. All right, Coach Mites, don't answer the question. I'm going to ask Rosefield first. I think you might know mm-hmm. the answer. But who was – so the, the great – the story, Texas Western, the all-black team takes on Kentucky, the all-white team. They win the national championship. Who was Kentucky's leading scorer and starting center in that game? Famous basketball person, Brian. Famous basketball person. I mean, had to be back in the 60s, right? He played in 1965. Yeah. In the 60s. I'm I'm just going to take a shot in the dark, Pat Riley. 
What'd you say? Pat Riley. Oh! Is that right? It. Okay. He got it. So that's the right. However, over. the podcast, Gotta retire it. Thank God for Wikipedia. I don't know if you could tell that I was Googling my ever living heart out over here. Were you so really? I no Did you cheat? That. <laughs> of course. Oh! Uh, how would I know it's Pat Riley? Yeah. Come, on. Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I, didn't, I, I wouldn't I didn't have got it. it. I had no idea. <laughs> Did you hear the just the the excitement? He, what'd you say, Matt? Right? Oh my! He was so excited. <laughs> oh, you're so excited now. Now he knows you're a fraud. Like you're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> total fraud. One <laughs> <laughs> years and I'm a fraud. So. First At least you it. know it. At least you know it, right? <laughs> I think I've learned a lot of things in this podcast. One, and there's a couple of things that I'm not sure I can be friends with y'all. You've never seen Hoosiers, and you've never drank. Drink coffee, but I tell you, maybe, maybe make it even. I've never seen Glory Road, and I'm Carter, <laughs> so maybe there we're you go. I don't know. But <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. James, we Mike, all have our vices. We all have that's something. Right. That's right. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun to talk with you again. Uh, no, always good. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Let's go ahead and put a button on this one for my co-host, Krista Block, mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Roosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Greatest Game.